Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we are refreshing the 2023 NFL Draft Order with one week remaining in the season. We're going to tell you who's picking in the top five, top 10, top 20, these non-playoff teams and where the order is shaping up with only one week to go, one result left for a lot of these teams. Of course, means we're coming down to solidifying these spots. Now we're getting a good idea of what the draft landscape could be, what positions are going to be picked higher, what positions are going to be picked lower, which teams are going to get desperate to move up and down the draft order, some certain trade packages, so many stuff in this conversation. Of course, we're also talking about what is now a quarterback duel between Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. Ah, we'll get into that after a crazy college football playoff weekend as well. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me as always is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. Joining you guys on a Wednesday to update the 2023 NFL draft order. One week left in the NFL season. So we are coming into the home stretch here, almost solidifying where these teams could be picking in at least the non-playoff teams, where they could be picking in the 2023 NFL draft. So we'll talk about a lot of where these teams are play- placing and then also some players that could end up being part of these teams when it's all said and done. As you guys can notice about Connor's setting right now, a little different. You guys, you know, have that familiar brick background. I don't hear New York's finest going in the background, you know, like nothing like that. Connor's in Vegas, so I got to ask you, my man, how you doing so far in Vegas? You holding up, you up, you down? What's the story here? I'm good. This is uh full day one. So you're catching me at my absolute oh, best right now. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm rested. I'm good to go. I apologize <laughs> to everybody that the pod might sound a l- tiny, tiny little bit different. I look a little bit different because of my setting. I got the old blurred background because you don't need to see my mess of a hotel Classic. room. Um, I was telling Trevor before this, I was trying to raise my laptop because God, I haven't had to move a camera in how long. And there's not even a Bible in this hotel room. So that's how you know you're actually in Las Vegas. I feel like that's the old trick. Like you just find the Bible book, put the laptop on it. Here we are, brother. You know how it is. So these next two shows, I will be in Vegas, but I will not be here long enough where it'll go beyond that. So we're all good. I feel like you would need a Bible in a place like Vegas, right? I feel like that Well, like if any, if any hotel had it, I feel like it would have been Las Vegas. No. First thing I saw when I walked through the casino lobby to the guest elevators was a woman at a slot machine with a 24 ounce can of four loco. <laughs> that is a warrior. Where did you get that? <laughs> right. First of all, I'm appalled. Second of all, where'd you I'm get impressed. that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, ma'am. Yeah. So here we are. Ready yeah, to roll. Right. Well, ready to roll here with this podcast. Look, we're obviously going to try to get through this podcast, updating you on the draft order, but of course, we're we're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon as the football world is reacting to uh, the most serious thing that we have seen so far this football season with what happened with DeMar Hamlin during the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals game. Uh, certainly between now and this the time that this podcast gets released, we could get more news. I'm hoping and praying that it's positive news. And, and so like everything could definitely change. So as we go about this podcast, as we have these conversations about the draft, as we do talk about football, just guys know that our thoughts, our prayers, our main concern is with what happened there and what's going to move forward and happen with the NFL. So I just wanted to certainly say that um, our all of our all of our love to Demar and and uh, a lot of others that 
We're affected by what happened on Monday night. There's just so many people out there that need the thoughts and the prayers and love, and we're sending them all their way. So, um, yeah, as we move forward in this podcast, just wanted to make sure that uh, everybody heard that right off the top from us. And, Connor, I don't know if you had other words to say. I'll let you say them now. Absolutely. You know, when listening to this podcast, it's uh, one that, you know, obviously Trevor and I made the decision to go forward with doing this show this week. I think it helps that it is a, a draft focused show. It would have been really hard to do a what matters most kind of show because mm-hmm. what matters most is the health of DeMar Hamlin, um, his family. I know his mother was at the game, the his the friends, the Buffalo Bills family, the Cincinnati Bengals organization as well. Uh, and everybody involved in the situation, which is all the football world from the fans to everybody working in football, covering football. So it's it's one of those situations that I I didn't want us. And I know you felt the same to lose sight of that uh, as we do this show today. I didn't want it to come off, you know, tasteless or overlooking something of this magnitude. Uh, and quite frankly, I can't ever remember something of this magnitude, really, no. and at least in my time of, of working in football. So our thoughts uh, are absolutely first, second, and third with that situation and and one that, you know, really, really hoping the best of uh, as we continue to think of everybody involved there. Yeah, and and just, you know, before we move on, I, I just wanted to say this too. Social media has a way of bringing out the best and the worst. And in yeah. these, these sorts of situations, you, you see both of them. And, and all I'll say is, you can see the positives. You can see people coming together. You can see the voices and the and the the, the opinions and the movements of the things that you want to gravitate towards. Latch on to those. Yeah, there's. I I know that there's so many instances of people, and there's there's a lot of outrage for a lot of different reasons. But just as you go through social media, when things like this happen, and obviously through this situation as well, gravitate towards and associate yourself with the positive. Like be one of those lights that you see in this situation to come together for a situation like this. We've seen incredible things with the Mars toy drive and the people that are donating to that and just so much more. And just, I just encourage everyone to, you know, social media has a, has a way of sometimes bringing out um, the best, but unfortunately the worst, make sure you're gravitating towards the best. Cause there's a lot of good that humans can do when they come together in moments like this. So make sure that you are a part of that. Um, no easy Very way well to train. Thank you. There's no easy way to transition uh, from that to this, but I guess we'll kind of just get into it here. After uh, almost all the Week 17 games that we've got uh, in the books now, Houston Texans, Connor, still picking number one overall. They are still half a game up on the Chicago Bears, who are picking number two overall. We got Denver back at that three spot, but of course they're not making that selection. It's the Seattle Seahawks that are making that selection there. Arizona all the way up to number four. Indianapolis now at five. Los Angeles Rams would be picking number six, but their selection now with the Detroit Lions. So the Detroit Lions had the number six overall pick there. Atlanta at seven, Vegas at eight, Carolina with their loss to the Buccaneers. They are at nine. And then we once again round out the top 10 with an NFC South team. It would be the New Orleans Saints. But of course, we know that pick is held by the Philadelphia Eagles. So not a ton of change within the top 10, but it does seem like some of these teams are getting much more solidified in their position with the top 10. We know that controls the draft, Connor. So where does your mind go to first when you update the order and you see this list as it currently is in the top 10? I think that, you know, it's fascinating to watch a team like the Colts completely bottom out in a sense that they're going to be picking in the top five. They are going to have an opportunity to draft that quarterback that has eluded them for quite some time. And, 
you know, a lot can happen with this draft at quarterback. I think we've discussed that. We we don't know the size thresholds uh, or, or what the magnitude of the size thresholds will do to Bryce Young. I have leaned on the side, and I know you've leaned on the side, that he will go number one to the Houston Texans if they are picking number one. He will, um, you know, get over that teams will get over the size limitations with Bryce Young because of the talent he is. And personally, we think the floor that he has, but then the question really becomes, what does the league think of CJ Stroud who had a really, really good showing in that semifinal, which matters a lot, but I don't know if it matters enough that I wouldn't call CJ Stroud a lock to go in the top two or top three. I still think there are, questions around his game against pressure but once again i thought that was a really good step forward for cj stroud a player that i really really like and then will levis who's the ultimate wild card in this entire thing who we've, yep. we've said you know will levis to the colts for how long so that that's the one that sticks out to me trevor because i think that the question with the colts wasn't would they take a quarterback the question would be would they be in position uh to take a quarterback and what their coaching higher ends up being will have a big part in that but i think it's safe to say whether it's Stroud, whether it's Levis, it feels like that's another quarterback slot that's written in almost ink into the top five. Yeah, and there's a couple of quarterback situations now within the top 10 that have changed oh, in yeah. different ways, even from last week to this week, right? You've got Indianapolis, you mentioned them, they're sitting at number five, so they're kind of in the driver's seat as the team with the highest selection. You know, let's say Chicago ends up with the number two overall pick. They're going to hold a ransom for that pick for one of these teams to probably move up and go get a quarterback just because the further down the line you get, the more you risk another team being able to come up and get your guy. So we know that Indianapolis is going to be fully involved in the quarterback market. Atlanta is picking at seven. Now, Atlanta, who do they play in the last game? They play the Bucs, I think, in the last game. And the Bucs are going to, yeah, they do play, they play Tampa. It's in Atlanta. Now the Bucs are going to play their starters, but as we've seen throughout the season, it's not like that's been that imposing. So there's certainly a reality where Atlanta could win that game. Not so sure they do. So let's say that they get another loss here. They're probably going to be picking right around the same spot. Ritter looks okay though. That's the update on this okay. quarterback situation with the Falcons. He looks all right. And in fact, like I, I don't mean for all right to be insulting. Last two weeks, I feel like Ritter has looked good. For a rookie quarterback, Ritter has looked good. Is that enough for you to not take a quarterback? Because you look on the other side of things, Connor. We talked about this in the What Matters Most podcast. Your defense gave up 340 yards to David Blau. Right, a David Blau led offense. It's not good enough. It's got to start up front. There's going to be really good edge rushers to choose from in the top ten of this draft class. Is that enough? I would lean at this point in time, Atlanta not taking a quarterback. I really would. Now that just might be my gut here as we sit here to record this podcast today. But as of right now, I think Atlanta would go into next year with Desmond Ritter and maybe another option and be okay with it just because of how desperately they also need other playmakers. Quarterbacks, of course, what matters most. But I think that they could pass on it. Vegas, now very interesting. Since we have had this kind of podcast looking at the draft order, Vegas has benched Derek Carr. And all due respect, Jared Stidham, just going absolutely nuts this week. Not so sure that he's going to be the franchise quarterback. So I think they're in play now at number eight. And of course, it's very important with Carolina. No longer have a chance to make the playoffs. Now they have a chance to stick within this top 10 to go get a quarterback. All of these teams now 
I think are in the running and we can officially call them in the running because they're not going to have a big winning streak down the end where they're not, where they're not picking in the top 10. But I would say teams that I feel like are going to get the most aggressive for a quarterback in order. I would say Indianapolis is one. And I would say Carolina is two. Then I'd put Vegas and then I'd put, and then I'd put Atlanta. That's the way that I would put it. I would put Atlanta fourth out of those four teams. What do you think about that order in terms of those four teams and how aggressive they might be for a quarterback? Do you see it differently? No, I, I agree with the order. I think I'm a little bit more um, convinced that Atlanta needs to take a quarterback than you are because okay. I think if if Desmond Ritter is not good next year and they didn't take a quarterback, is Arthur Smith fired? Like, I have a legitimate sure. question about that. Sure. So, which I'm not saying it's the right process. I'm just saying that's the political process. But Terry I think Fon- I, Terry I, Fontenot too, right? Their GM because oh yeah, he's passed Pat on quarterback Steele. a couple of times. You know. Yeah, they came up short in the Deshaun Watson situation. It sounded like they were involved there, mm-hmm. uh, which led to the Matt Ryan departure. Had a chance which, to take Justin Fields, didn't you know? Had a chance to take Justin Fields, absolutely. I mean. It's interesting. It's really interesting. I, I wonder, they went the veteran route last year with Mariota. It didn't work. Right, right. So right. are you running that back? Like Ritter and Jacoby Brissett? You know, I'm just throwing names out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, does Arthur Smith still love Ryan Tannehill? Is that a situation they could mm-hmm. check in on? Like, I think the hardest part about this conversation, but what makes it the most fun, is that when you look at the Colts, Falcons, Raiders, and Panthers, and much lesser probably with the Panthers because they've done this too many times and it's failed. Who is the team that trades for a quarterback and then is taken out of the draft situation, right? Like, isn't that the 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 variable in all of this? Sure, is who, yeah. Who's going to trade for, and, and I'm throwing names out there like Ryan Tannehill and things like that, but like, What's going to happen in Green Bay with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers? What's going to happen to all these different places? Derek Carr, of course, who's on the one of the teams in these four. Right. There's going to be some kind of variable there because, quite frankly, here, here's a scenario for you, Trevor, that really impacts Atlanta. What if Atlanta wins this last game and picks after Vegas and Carolina? If that happens, I say no shot they could draft a quarterback. I just don't think there'll be a guy there. For them, right. For them. Yeah, that might be their fate if they end up beating Tampa Bay because then their their strength of schedule is pretty low. Their is strength t- of Tampa sch- resting anyone? No, it doesn't seem like it. It doesn't sound like they're going to mm. rest. Now, like okay. uh, maybe maybe they do into the second in the second half, but it, it did not sound like that. Todd Bowles was basically saying like, no, there's not really a plan to rest or sit starters. So um, it, now Atlanta's strength of schedule is one of the weakest strength of schedules in the NFL. It's 0.470. And that is the first tiebreaker when it comes to records. So if you got the same record, they look at strength of schedule. The teams that are that are seven and nine right now, their strength of schedule, 502, 504, 520, 532. So th- like they're not even close. So if if Atlanta yeah. loses another game, the lowest I think they're gonna drop is from seven to ten. Yep. I, I believe That's right. is the lowest that they're going to drop. So it's not too far. But to your point, if you are dropping below Vegas and Carolina, you're not gonna be able, I don't think, to just sit back. Like you're not going to be able to just sit back and be like, oh yeah, if a quarterback we like comes to us, because if that's the case, you might be drafting Anthony Richardson at 10, you know, 
You, you, yeah, we might have Bryce Young go number one. We might have CJ Stroud go number five. We might have Will Levis go number eight. And then you're drafting Anthony Richardson at, at, at 10, which look, I mean, you could go in next year and just play Desmond Ritter for a little bit. And then maybe Richardson will get ready at some point. Not the That's a good point. Maybe, maybe Atlanta's a situation that they think they Ritter could be their bridge guy. Like sometimes I think we naturally might look at quarterbacks the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, like Ritter being drafted in the third round, even if tra- draft media people had him as, you know, a different range or whatever it may be, like Ritter in the third round, you could sell it as like, hey, he's a guy that's a bridge guy to us, and we'd be really right. happy with that for yeah. a third round quarterback. That's actually really that's overachieving. If you're drafting the third round, you turn to a solid bridge guy, like that's overachieving compared to quarterback miss hit and miss rate. So that, you know, that makes a, them one of those spots. It was a, it was a brilliant idea that I literally just thought of right now, and I'm not going to let the people know that. I'm going to let them think that I formulated that before the podcast, and it was well thought out, and I I, I had the right time to bring it up. No, absolutely. That's actually the fun of this podcast for me and you. This specific episode is we talk through scenarios. We That's literally we just talk through scenarios, and there's we there's don't some talk about the show at all until we do it. There are some things this I, show, not the other shows. <laughs> yeah, we do plan a little bit more for the other ones, but yeah. I do think it's an organic conversation. And speaking of conversations, while we're talking about quarterbacks, I do want to talk about what happened uh, this past weekend during the college football semifinals and then also the Sugar Bowl too. Bryce Young, man, I went into Saturday having no dog in any fight. I didn't really care who won any of the games. The only thing I really cared about, please, please, please don't get hurt anybody on any team mm-hmm. and it's not like it's not like I, I don't have those thoughts anyways but with will anderson and bryce young and jameer gibbs specifically saying yeah we're gonna play in the sugar bowl i did not want to first and foremost for those guys want to see them get hurt at the very end of their college careers but i also didn't want to read people on twitter's opinions about all this stuff that just really doesn't have to do with young men making yeah. their own decision right right but thankfully we don't have to talk about that thankfully on the other side we get to talk about an unreal performance to cap off bryce young's career at alabama and it was it was such a performance that continued to echo what he has been his entire career that he has been a starter at alabama and to me connor he's the number one overall pick I just Mm -hmm. I I know that's not a hot take here on this podcast, but you mentioned it at the top. People are going to talk about his size. He is such a unique quarterback in many ways. Maybe the most is that the NFL is going to overlook size this much for this kind of player to take him number one overall. But I think you have to do it. So just have any thoughts on Bryce Young? We're going to talk about CJ Stroud in a second, but like some, some thoughts on Bryce Young. I mean, I love him. I think he does all the little things right while playing at an advanced level mentally, right? I I, I think that's how yes. I kind of look at him where, you know, he I haven't brought up a comp for Bryce or anything like that. Or, but like if somebody is saying like, if you're trying to find, well, how can a guy like, how can a guy like that succeed at that size? And I think you, you really do look at the low hanging fruit option of a Drew Brees and go some guys that are, you know, a little smaller, physically limited, but play the game so much faster than the average player at that position with touch and accuracy um, and resetting the pocket and doing all of those things. They're just going to be successful at the position. And, you know, you got to put the right pieces around them. And you could say that about any quarterback, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, I'm with you all the way. I, I look at Bryce young and, and think if you're a team at the top that needs a franchise quarterback, if we, now we got a huge game this week with the Texans and the Colts, a really big game that could swing this conversation, but we'll go into this draft, this show, 
assuming that it would be the Texans. I mean, that's a guy that you want to start your, your franchise rebuild with, in my opinion, a distributor like him that truly plays the position like a point guard. Um, he can throw accurately at all three levels. He's got mobility. I think he'll protect his body pretty well at the next level. That is a trait to me, the ability to maybe be a smaller guy, but also understand what you can and can't do. So I, I'm with you all the way. I'm just super impressed every time I watch him. I, I'm I don't I don't see a ton of people picking holes in his game, but I just hope that doesn't happen throughout the draft process because I think it would it would be kind of foolish. Um I don't want to say he's a bona fide number one overall pick because I still think Will Anderson's the best player in the entire draft, but we know the importance of quarterback and I think when I eventually stack quarterbacks and then try to do comparisons from the last couple of classes, I think Bryce will be pretty high on the list, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I just, from what I saw this weekend, again, it was just more yeah. fuel on the fire of, of like, I think that he's the top quarterback in this class. The guys that come to mind that I would have ahead of him are pretty short list. Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for sure. after that, I really like him that much. I really do. Yeah, because like so, like Kyler's the comparison, right? But because mm. to me, Kyler had a better arm than Bryce. Like Kyler had better a better arm with yep. both distance and velocity, and so that matters. Like Kyler was a smaller, athletic quarterback, and I also think Kyler's more athletic than Bryce is. So Definitely. I just think that he has more athletic gifts than Bryce Young does. But Bryce Young again what he brings to the quarterback position between the ears, if you will, through his eyes, how he sees the game, how he processes the game. It's at the highest level. I, you know, we, I've, I've watched Burrow so many times over the last couple of years. And there's so many people who look at Burrow and go, all right, not really that mobile, not a super tall guy, not a huge arm, you know, like a fine arm, but not a huge arm. He's got the small hands. Obviously you worry about the fumbling issue. Does he take too many sacks, all this stuff. And yet Burrow's just, one of the best he's just tier one Yep. it's because he gets it he just understands how to play the position at an elite level you don't want too many athletic deficiencies of course that goes into your scouting report but for a guy like bryce who's done it at the highest level the last two years uh it's hard to poke too many holes in this game cj stroud on the other hand so stroud plays against georgia and you and i went into this matchup when we talked about this last week this was going to be huge right or wrong fair or not this past weekend was going to probably be the game which everyone judged C.J. Stroud for. Probably a little bit too much if he performed well, which he did, or it would have been too harshly if he performed poorly. Thankfully for him, he performed extremely well. Connor, I really do believe that Marvin. if Marvin Harrison Jr. is in that entire game, Ohio State wins. I think Ohio State wins I, that I game. I agree. And that's just because it's unguardable. He was unguardable. And that's just because of the connection that those two guys have and how well CJ Stroud was playing. We've mentioned Stroud on this podcast before. And when we've talked about some strength and weaknesses, we haven't fully done our quarterback rankings yet, but a big issue with Stroud was how he dealt with pressure last year. He had a PFF grade of low sixties under pressure, which is fine, but it's not the best this year before this past weekend, a 38 PFF grade under pressure. Terrible. He's been awful under pressure yeah. this year. Had only three big-time throws, seven turnover-worthy plays. The completion percentage was terrible as well. He could not deal with pressure all year long. And with Ohio State's soft schedule, you went, oh, boy. Struggling under pressure against some of these teams in the Big Ten? Now he goes up against Georgia. Neutral site. Connor, he had an 82.5 grade under pressure, which is extremely high under pressure this past weekend. He's, he truly saved his best game 
for last against Georgia. And he played so well that I really do think people saw what they needed to see from CJ Stroud enough to say, that's it right there. I can work with that. I don't have to use my imagination to think about what CJ Stroud could be under pressure. You know, I, if we get him used to it, if we get him a good offensive line, if we teach him, you know, to, to make the right read, the right hot reads, the movement in the pocket, all this kind of stuff. If, 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 if you don't need if anymore, you saw it. Now it's been visualized for you and you can say, let's make that more consistent. And I truly believe that part of his game and that part of what we saw this past Saturday is what's going to lock him into the top 10 for sure. But I think he's back into that conversation as a top five, potentially even a top three pick because of what he did against Georgia. I think so too. I think with Stroud, number one, the thing you're going to hear with him is like, well, you have to build a good infrastructure around him. Don't you have to do that with any young quarterback? Of course. Like it, yeah. This whole idea of like draft a guy and expect him to be a superhero. It's just like, it's just not how it's not how things work. I think that was Trevor Lawrence year one. And now you see Trevor Lawrence with better structure in year two and you see the difference it makes. And, you know, you could say that about a lot of young quarterbacks in the league. So you can evaluate things in a vacuum. I think Stroud needs to get better under pressure, but I also think Stroud, absolutely can get better Mm -hmm. under pressure he just turned 21 in october this is a former five-star quarterback he was the number two pro style quarterback in his class he goes to ohio state he's played at a really high level for two years he just played at a really high level against the best team he was going to see all year the best defense he was going to see all year um the confidence he plays with uh he is athletic that's the funny thing with stroud he's a pro style quarterback that doesn't really tap into that athleticism too much in the biggest moment of the year, he tapped into that athleticism to extend some plays, to pick up some yards with his legs, to try to um, reset the pocket or at least get out of the pocket, manipulate the pocket. So I really like CJ Stroud in terms of he's got all the arm talent he, he needs. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously a, a team leader, a team captain. It seems like guys really, really like him. He seems like a bright guy. Uh, I think that it's going to be interesting for me as the league has a lot of guys that are, are true mobile quarterbacks. He's a little bit more of a traditional pocket passing kind of quarterback, but I don't say that as an insult that you, as you look at, there's plenty of good pocket passing quarterbacks in this league. So I look at Stroud and, and think he should go in the top five um, because of the position he plays and because of the talent he has, and because of the level he has played at while understanding that there are things you have to develop and things that you have to have a plan for, most notably to protect him because he's not somebody that can just run for his life all the time or really wants to run for his life all the time. So I'm with you, Trevor. I'm fascinated to see his process. I'll tell you this, like for me, he's the number two quarterback in this class. Uh, I'm not even toying with the idea of projects like Levis and Richardson over him. I actually Mm -hmm. think there'll be a pretty sizable gap. Like uh, Bryce will be QB one. There'll be a little gap to Shroud and then there'll be a big gap to those other two guys. For you or what you think the NFL is going to do? For me, for the NFL, no. I I actually have it in my brain that somehow Will Levis is going to be the second quarterback taken by the NFL. I might, he might, man. As we as we kind of uncover what other teams are thinking with quarterbacks, obviously that's a, that's always a fun part about draft season. We'll dig into the uh, other positions as well as some other teams that we've got in the top twenty here. But first, a uh, a shout out. Want to give. Shout out to our friends over at BroThrow. Have you ever bet on sports with your friends? Well, now BroThrow is the only sports betting platform that allows you to bet directly with friends in all 50 states. All right? No fees, no juice, no middleman. The way that they do it is because this is a social platform. BroThrow is not a sports book and not paying juice 
on the sports books saves you a ton of money in the long run. Take control of who you bet with, know who's on the other side of every bet you create or accept, and easily create and accept bets. You can also track your profits and payments, see the value of your bets every time you make one. You don't have to deposit money into a bro through our account either. Betters pay each other directly through Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, Skrill, Strike, whatever's most convenient to you. Betting, $11 to win 10 at a sportsbook. Absolutely stinks. All right, with BroThrow, you bet $10, you win $10. It's as simple as that. Go through all your first bet at brothrow.com backslash stock and use the promo code STOCK to join the group. BroThrow is free to sign up for. You can cut out the middleman, start betting on BroThrow, just you and your pals. That is brothrow.com backslash stock. All right, I'll open it up. Rest of the top 18, I'll say. We'll, uh, we'll cap it at these. Um, playoff and non-playoff teams. So 11, we got the Tennessee Titans. Oh boy, have they been in a free fall. I mean, the Tennessee Titans were picking like 24, 25, not too long ago. Now they're on a massive losing streak. Um, They've lost six in a row. Six, six in a row. They were seven and three at one point. Now they are seven and nine, picking number 11 overall. Brutal. And they play the Jags this upcoming weekend. So, uh, I mean, let's face it, they're going to lose. Um, so they're going to get another they're, they're going to get another loss in there. Tennessee might be picking in, in the top 10 when it's all said and done, which is wild to think. Uh, Cleveland Browns are picking 12th, but of course that pick is owned by the Houston Texans because of the Deshaun Watson trade. New York Jets, sorry, Connor, higher lost in the draft. five in a row. Oh, also lost five in a row. Uh, seven and nine here on the season. They're picking 13th overall. Washington Commanders now eliminated from the playoffs. He's Ron Rivera. Seven, eight, and one. I was going to say, somebody tell Ron Rivera. On the season, Pittsburgh Steelers. Dude, Mike Tomlin's the effing man. How, how, does he, how does he do it? How does he do it? This is the most impressive one. This is by far the most impressive one. How does he do it? They're picking 15th overall right now. They're eight and eight. They could end the season above 500 yet again. Wild. Green Bay Packers Met- picking. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Remember when Mike Tomlin met chase young on the sidelines and he goes i'm never bad enough to get players like you (laughs) spot the lie lie. i can't it's just so funny when he said that because it's like the man is right he's not even close not even close no what's the highest the sealers have picked in his era in a tomlin era yeah yeah because i mean the worst they've ever done is eight and eight so it's i don't think they've ever picked in the top 10 in the tomlin era sealers draft pick history I gotta look. Now they did, I'm, now I'm they did trade up for they traded up for Devin Bush. They that did, was up they, to ten. They did trade up for Devin Bush. So he he's been the head coach since 07. All right. Lawrence Timmons 15, Richard Mendenhall 23, uh Evander Hood 32, Marquise Pouncey 18, Cam Hayward 31, David Castro 24, Jarvis Jones 17, Ryan Chazier 15. Okay, it looks like it's 15, Bud Dupree 22, Artie Burns 25, TJ Watt 30, Terrell Edmonds 28. Devin Bush, 10, but they picked 20th that year, and they moved all the way up to 10. Chase Claypool, uh, 49th. They didn't have a first-round pick. Um, Najee Harris, they traded that one for for Megan Fitzpatrick. Najee Harris, 24th. Can he pick a 20th? The highest the Pittsburgh Steelers have picked in the Mike Tomlin era is 15. Naturally, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so they – and even if they lose this last game – I mean, they're they're going to be outside the top ten. Yeah, yes, they are. They're picking fifteenth right now. Green Bay is also eight and eight. They're currently picking sixteenth. Detroit, then eight and eight as well. They're picking seventeenth. Green Bay and Detroit play each other, so we'll see um, which one of those teams could potentially vault themselves 
uh, up into playoff consideration. And then the Miami Dolphins right now are on the outside looking in. They're eight and eight, and they're picking 18th, but their pick was forfeited. Their original pick was was forfeited there, so they're not picking that anyway. So it gets only 17 to talk about. Uh, Connor, outside of the ones that we just shouted out right there, maybe you want to go into more detail on some of these teams. People would probably like to hear a little bit of Jets, but I'll give you the I'll give you the floor on who you want to talk about next. Well, the Jets at 13 and Washington at 14 is interesting because I think both will look at veteran quarterback again, right? Mm. I, I feel like what Washington – I mean, I would love to see what Sam Howell has, but we, we just know that we we didn't get to see that this year. Yeah, did we get um, an update there? I think, we, I think Ron Rivera updates the quarterback situation on Wednesday, so I think we're a day late. Okay, so we'll know for the next show. Um, you know, both of these teams are probably going to be attached to Derek Carr rumors – so I'm not thinking quarterback here for either of these teams. I think both obviously have their needs. The Jets will look to get more pieces on that offensive line. If they cut Carl Lawson, they'll be thinking this could be the home for Jared Burse or one of the edge players. Um, man, Green Bay has a huge impact on the draft here because now they're on this four-game win streak. They can make the playoffs, and then you have to wonder – who is going to be under center for them next year? Is it going to be Aaron Rodgers or is it going to be Jordan Love? It feels more likely that it'll be Aaron Rodgers, but then does Jordan Love want to be traded? And does that mm-hmm. go back to the conversation of the Colts, Falcons, Raiders, Panthers, Jets, Commanders again? So there's a lot of connections here uh, on this on this back half. If the Packers make the playoffs, Rodgers is certainly not retiring. Right, I mean, like he's no. he's he's going to be coming back unless they, they won the Super Bowl, which is a long they're, shot. They're, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Sorry, Packers fans, you're not going to win this. You might be the playoffs. I, you're not going. I won't this. say it, but you could say it. No, they're not. They're not. I don't think the they Bowl. will either. But I, I, I that you're man, pre- you're protecting yourself. That's how I you survive in this coward. business. <laughs> I'm absolutely terrified. That's I'm, how you survive well, in this business. The door lock. That's a, how do you, you make it this far, folks? You hide. You don't bet you against coward. Aaron Rodgers. That's what you don't do. No, uh, I don't Tom think. Brady. But I do think that you know Green Bay versus Detroit. That's going to be an incredible matchup that we've got here in Week 18. So um, even if the Packers don't make the playoffs, I think they have played well enough lately to where you go, okay, this is the vision. Like this is what we wanted. We start off next year like this, and we actually get to build on it then you're really talking about something special for this team. So I don't think Aaron Rodgers is leaving, which puts Jordan Love on the trading block. I would think to try to get an asset for him, maybe they won't, maybe they'll hold on to him. But man, I think that a lot of these other teams would certainly be interested in him. Tennessee is the wild card for me, right? They really are. Because what does Tennessee do? Tennessee needs offensive line. I think they need offensive weapons. They need playmakers. I don't know what their cap space is off the top of my head. If you want to look that up while I'm, while yeah, I'm ranting here, but there's there's no wide receivers to pick up in free agency anyways. Maybe some offensive tackle help that you could get in there if they oh, have man. enough money. What do they got? Not good. They are almost $18 million in the red. Yikes. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that bad. And I know they have cuts to make, but still. So, but still, you probably, I don't know how big of a splash that you can make there. And then, of course, the most important the most important question is quarterback. What are you going to do with quarterback? Brian Tannehill is 35 years old. We talked about this on Monday. Oh, con- a lot of money next year. He's he's 36 mil on the cap. But you could save about 18 million if you cut him, right? So they, they could certainly cut him. And you're stuck with almost 18 dead. But you're stuck with 18 dead for sure. And who else is on the roster? 
Malik Willis. Malik Willis. Well, they don't even they don't even think he's close. They're starting Josh Dobbs again. Exactly. So is Mike Vrabel going to swallow moving on from Ryan Tannehill, knowing how much it hurt their team last year when they moved on from AJ Brown? I don't think he could do that. I don't think No, I think they run it back with Tannehill one more year and don't draft a quarterback. I really do. I'm looking at this roster and the salary construction of it, right? So they're, they're almost eight. They're almost 18 million in the red. And when I say in the red people, I mean, that means they are over the cap. Taylor Luan has basically missed two of the last three seasons. If they cut him, there's no dead money. They save about 15 mil. So that gets them close to out of the red, but then How they have a mat now. Luan is probably a 30. Luan is 31. Okay. So next year will be his age 32 season. Has he been terrible though? I mean, like, I feel like they're almost at the point where he hasn't been healthy. You can't get rid of him because what's your offensive line without him? They learned this year. It's horrible. They're going to cut Robert. They're going to cut Robert Woods and save 12 mil. But like, there's not, you know, when you look at these rosters, there's not a million guys that you cut and go, okay, we're out of it. Like they're the Titans aren't like that. They were really, this is really a roster that was meant to win the last two years, and they just haven't gotten over that they got, hump. They got the one seed last year, right? And, and think about what they were the year before, right? They were the, they were the giant killers the year before, so they were the giant yeah. killers in the playoffs two years ago, and they got the one seed last year. This team, I agree with you. This team's fall from grace is coming while they are in the final year or two of a winning window which always really complicates things because it makes yeah, it, scares, it really yeah. difficult to move on from players that you were invested in because your contracts probably aren't built like that. They, no, as, they're not. As draft this, is pretty, guys, this is pretty overwhelming. As draft guys, there's certainly a way that we can look at situations and go, okay, if you want to flush the toilet and hit the full rebuild, we can do that, right? We can look at contracts and say, okay, cut this guy, cut this guy, cut this guy. But at the end of the day, is Mike Vrabel going to do that? Mike Vrabel doesn't seem like that kind of coach. They've got an he open doesn't. the they've got an open GM seat, so perhaps the sell for the next GM is look, accelerate the rebuild, let's swallow the pill this year and the, the Giants, what the Giants did this year. Yes, Giants basically. somehow won because of coaching, not because of the roster. Yeah, I think that might be have, what you need to do. I think the Titans are basically in a let's yeah, let's try to be the Giants of next year. Mm-hmm. I guess. See if we can win with our veterans while we're trying to get over their money. Yeah, because I mean, because next year when you literally look at the construct, this is an offense that was built on Derrick Henry, who will be what twenty nine next year and the final year of his deal. You, if you cut Tannehill, like yeah, you say if you want to tank, you cut Tannehill, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, you're saving about seventeen point eight million. You're also on the hook then for almost nineteen. The Bud Dupree contract's bad. How long is the, how long do they ha- still have that though? Next year you have to keep them. Oh boy. Next year you you would save nine point three mil, but you'd be on the hook for eleven. So I get I guess you can cut them if you're just in cap hell. Yeah. But like almost eleven mil of dead money of thirty year old Bud Dupree is that's called cap hell. I didn't realize this with the Titans. I knew it wasn't good. I didn't know it was 
I don't ever want to use the word insurmountable because the Giants found a way to compete this year while going through this exact thing. But the AFC is a different animal, man. Like it's hard. It's hard to take on the Mahomes, Allens and Burroughs of the world and Herberts of the world when you're dealing with this. So Tennessee, you're right. Tennessee, it almost makes you wonder, Trevor, say Tennessee loses to Jacksonville mm-hmm. and when. the pick goes Say the pick when. goes into the top 10. Yeah. Do you almost have to trade the pick because you need as many young assets as you can Ooh, get? Yeah, yeah, maybe. But you don't want to trade back too far, right? Because if you're trading no, back, you you still got to get an off. Yeah, you got to get an offensive lineman. You so, probably have to sit and take the tackle. Yeah, I think because you can't miss on that, and it's so much of Rabel's identity of this rushing attack, right? Because who else? I mean, like who would be trading up? Yeah, it would be coming up for the last quarterback. Maybe. I mean, there's, I Maybe. mean, there's offensive linemen to pick. There's, there's edge rushers to pick, right? Like there's, there's other players True. to pick, but. Um, Does somebody fall? That's just really good. You know, yeah, but I mean, like, Pitt, guys, Pitt, guys fall. Guys Pitt, fall. I mean, Pittsburgh might trade up with you to go get their offensive linemen. But then at that point, are you like, Hey, let's trade our pick, which we need O-line to this team because they're going to be yeah. O-line. It it's just like feels the uh, very odd commanders and Saints situation, right? And I think the commanders are really happy with Jahan Dotson, but when they traded that pick, it was like, why did they just let somebody come up and get Chris Alave or whoever receiver they wanted? And then right. they moved back and took a wide receiver. It was like you were thinking like that at the time. Yeah, it worked out for them, Which, but how often? I mean, Alave is a lot better, though. That's, I, that's true. I, sh- I Well, it's Jahan's, a weird one. It's like Dotson doesn't look like a Jahan Dotson's had a really nice rookie season, but it's like the guys that went ahead were were better. So it's like, how do you evaluate that? Yeah, you like the tra- you like the return of the trade, so you what like was that. The, yeah, what was they the got, ROI I mean, they, they, did, they did pretty well in terms of the return of picks. I'd have to actually look up the trade. I remember at the time I was like, oh, they got a lot. That's why they did it. Man, all of a sudden, oh, man. Green Bay is in a great spot to get a uh, playmaker in this draft. You know, like we we don't think the yeah. wide receivers we'll talk about or... it for four months and they won't take one. Boy, yeah, probably. You know, it's true. Detroit, I love Detroit's position right now. I mean, Detroit is just Detroit's, with in, house money. Detroit's in a money spot right now. Now, what happens with Ben Johnson, their offense coordinator? We talked about this on Monday. That's going to mean the world because Jared Goff looks good with Ben Johnson. But, but ben they Johnson's did develop gone. Ben. Ben Johnson developed there, so you wonder can they do it again? I mean, he was he was like their tight ends coach two years ago. That's impressive. I know it's super impressive, but it's six. You this know, this it, coaching it, pool, man, it's like it is strong. You got you got Sean Payton, yeah. You got D'Amico Ryan's and, yeah. and Harbaugh, yeah. and then you're like, what and, else? No, I think there's uh, like you like Shane, the coaching pool. Yeah, I think I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you throw I'm, Ben Johnson I'm in not there, hot on it. You throw Dan Quinn in there, um, Shane Steichen's mm-hmm. in there. Gannon got looks last year. Um, trying to think of some other ones, but oh, Reichel, Reichel get interviews. Frank Reich could get interviews. Certainly. Reich is a solid coach, a solid coach. Yeah, uh, Azero Evero from Denver, I think, is somebody who yeah could very well get some head coaching looks. I th- I I do. I think that this is a decent pool. Maybe it's but- better than I thought when you go through it like that. So if that's the case, then yeah, I mean, 
maybe a lot of these draft strategies could look a lot different. And maybe that opens up the door to if there are a lot of other candidates and there are a lot of other guys who could fill a lot of these vacancies, maybe you get Ben Johnson back. And if you do, if you're the Detroit yeah. Lions, you could draft edge rusher in the top 10 with wherever that top 10 pick is going to be from the Rams. And then you can go get corner at the uh, whatever your pick ends up being early 20s, late teens, something like that. And then it's just like, boom, boom. Now we're talking. Actually, shoot. The maybe Lions? You maybe you don't even need the defensive line. That is James Houston erasure. And I won't have it. I won't have it. Not what anymore. About, what about Miles Murphy then? A guy that can give you a little more flexibility. Now, nah, Brian Brzee. Brzee or, okay. or Brian Brzee to play next to, to uh, Slim McNeil? That's not Slim. Boy, Slim. he's a beefy boy. Um, yeah, that they got a lot of potential with what they could do. And they need to do it. I mean, they, they still have their shortcomings on defense so it's it's really this is really great for the lions that they have two top 20 picks one in the top 20 one in the top almost five top 10 uh we talked about the texans last week so mm-hmm. we won't re- recap that package situation washington also might be hella desperate for a quarterback and when i say might i mean they probably should be so what do you do when you're picking 14th right i my gut says they'll have a veteran to compete with howell Oh, right. You did say that when you were talking about them in the Jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also Good. like it's it's throwing a dart when you don't know who the hell the coach is going to be. I don't think it's going to be Rivera. You think they're going to Oh, you think? Rivera? Okay. I don't, I don't think know. They're, I, I don't think they're going to can Rivera. I'd be sure. No, because are you going to get better than him? I know the fans right now are, are very, very upset with well, him. Well, the, the but... fans, understandably so, just want change like across the board in Washington. Yeah. Just like They're they sick just, of it. Yeah, they're sick of it. And I don't, I don't necessarily blame them. I think Ron's a good head coach. I definitely think there are ways in which they went about things this offseason and certainly the beginning of the season and with the quarterback changes that have not been good. But when you hit yourself to Carson Wentz, it's just it's not going to go well. We've seen that too many times over the last couple of years. So they got to move on for Carson Wentz. I think that's first and foremost, just whether or not is Ron Rivera attached to Carson Wentz because he said himself, I vouch for Carson Wentz. I watched the tape. I said that we should go get him. So if you're moving on from him, if he's not your guy, I mean, Rivera's not your guy anymore. I think that's... You take the fall, yeah. Another another head coaching um, vacancy that could be open that I, I guess we will be talking about here. All right, anything else uh, before we get out of here? Any other teams, any other shout-outs, anything like that? No, I think that covers it well. I mean, it's going to be really interesting. Um, Denver has a huge pick at the end of this draft, but we'll, we'll get into that down that. It's easy to do the end of the draft or the, the next layer of the draft when this playoff picture is kind of settled. So next week will be a big one for that. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I'm that's that's the... Next week, we think we're getting the final order. We're getting the final one, order one of, more, the top, uh, of the top 18. One more full what matters most. Isn't that crazy? It is indeed. It is indeed. We got one more co- podcast before we get to that, though. We're ranking tight ends, folks. We're looking at the 2023 NFL draft class, and we're looking at the tight end position. And we're ranking them. We're ranking them like we have uh, over the last month for some other positions we'll give you our top fives we'll give you some guys that are just outside the top five connor's already watched all these guys he's an overachiever i still got to get to the tape here on him but don't give me credit for that i needed to do my homework before i left for the trip so that's the only reason they're all done and i'll say this i'll say this Mm -hmm. gonna be the easiest position group we watch this year let me get that out of the way are they good not like not like these are the right the top, I mean, the top five are very good, oh, and it's just yeah. let's go. I, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that I come across some sleepers in the next couple months, but I, mm-hmm. I watched this group and I was like, this is pretty cut and dried. Like mm. there'll be some discussions within the top five. Really, should be two to five, not number one. Mm. But um, 
it, it just it, like remember running backs we sat there and we're like i had eight guys that could have been the fifth one not this time partner not well, this time we will uh we will definitely break down whatever those top five end up being and we'll talk about their strength and weaknesses where we think they could be drafted how they could help your nfl teams out there uh hit us up on twitter after this episode we always love to hear from you guys it's a draft conversation for us we take a look at the draft order and we just go basically on this podcast we spew what comes to our mind some uh, imagination on certain uh, certain picks certain strategies everything scenarios all that good stuff let us know what you guys think about your favorite team or about the draft in general as we're shaping up to get to the final order a week from now uh, if you're watching this on youtube a great place to do this in the youtube comments so hit us up there we always read those or on twitter at tampa bay trey at Connor J. Rogers. You can hit us up on Instagram as well. We read all your comments there so that you guys can get in on the show. Appreciate everybody listening. We got one more episode for you here on Thursday. We're going to rank these tight ends. We're going to tell you everything you need to know about the 2023 tight end class when it comes to the NFL draft. I'm Trevor Sikama. That's Connor Rogers. Until then, thank you guys so much for listening to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. We'll see you then.